Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toddler Purgatory. I'm Molly. Hey, and I'm Blair. And today we are talking about chores. We are. We're talking about (laughs) chores. Listen, today is about can we get a little help here? I mean, pull your own weight, toddler. Get a little (laughs) help. Goodness. You know, the funny thing is about chores, when I was a kid, it was like a no-brainer because otherwise, like, I don't know how to say it, like, we all pitched in so that the house didn't burn down. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, because back then we didn't have all these back then. It was the 1930s. Back then. What? I mean, honestly, Molly, these days it was. To these children. (laughs) It was. I read something the other day, like, from now to the 1990s, it was to the 1940s when we were in the 80s or something like that. That's great. I can't do math. But it was the kind (laughs) of thing, like, when we were kids, the deep, far past of, like, yes, black and white pictures is what the 90s is to kids today. Exactly. Which is Uh -uh. nuts. So nuts. But anywho, that's a sidebar. So growing up, like, we didn't have... Like, I remember when we got an answering machine. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember when we got a microwave. Oh, wow. I do sound old. Yeah, you do sound old. Because I remember when we got a computer. Oh, I remember that, too. Yeah. It was a big deal. Big deal. We had a Commodore VIC-20. Oh, yes. See, the thing for... I was, like, out of the norm, I think, because we didn't have chores. My brother's 16 years older than me. No, 13. My husband's 16 years older. I can't keep track with all these older gentlemen around me. (laughs) That's pretty close in age, though. That's funny that your husband and your brother are essentially contemporaries. So I was like the only child, basically, because my brother was in college when I was a little one. But like my mom was a little bit of a control freak. So she kind of did everything. And I didn't have to do chores. And let me tell you, I think it might have screwed me. Did it. In the long run. Yeah. Yeah, because when I got to college, I was like, what? Laundry? What? Pick up after myself and my roommate, God bless you, Aaron Ford, if you're listening to this. Hey, girl, hey. And I also owe you an apology. She was like, do you not know how to pick up after yourself? And I was like, no, I don't. My mom did everything for me. So you would like go to school. And when you came home, your room was clean and your bed was made. Well, my room was always messy. My bed was never made, but my mom was just like, whatever. She yeah, just she didn't care. Yeah. It was about like the house had to be cleaned. So that was her priority. Yeah. I think it was just like too much of a thing. You know, she was just like, I can't deal with you and your space. What I'm going to do is I'm going to deal with me and my space. Right. And take care of it. Because also that she can control. Well, that's the funny thing about chores, especially when you're talking about chores with little ones is... I guess it's like everybody's going to be a little different with how much control they feel they need to wield. Because you can imagine yeah. just like having a deep conversation with your two-year-old about <laughs> the chores they're going to do. It's not <laughs> going to get that deep. It's not going to get that done if it's my two-year-old. Yes, exactly. Well, that's the thing about it is that <laughs> we're also dealing with the fact that this is, we truly have to think about this as a learning opportunity, particularly at that age. Because otherwise, can you imagine the level of frustration of like, I remember one time in John and Kate Plus 8. Remember that show? And oh yeah, she's a bit of a control freak. But she had, I watched a few of the early episodes. You know, the kids were little babies. And she hired a housekeeper. And I remember her like moving a table, like an end table away mm-hmm. from the wall and being like, she didn't even get in here. And I remember being like, that table must have weighed <laughs> 80 pounds. Like, <laughs> it's so hilarious. It was so minutiae. Like, it was like this little thing. Mm-hmm. Also props mm-hmm. to her. I'm sure she once she found the housekeeper that would do that kind of thing, you know, that 
Yeah. That worked for her. But yeah, we can't do that with our two-year-olds. But it's so important to do it early, to start chores with our kids early because we're teaching them how to get into a routine. I mean, it's all part of this routine that we're aiming for with our kids, right? Yeah. And I mean, like, take it from me, folks. Like, don't be that parent that sends your kid off to college and they can't, like, really fend for themselves. I mean, I could. Like, I knew how to clean. I knew how to do all these things. But I didn't have a routine. That's it. I didn't have a routine. Yeah. I'm sorry, Peggy. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, wasn't part of what you did. I'm airing out your laundry, boo. You're such a good mom, but should have given me chores. Well, it, the, the good thing is it's not too late <laughs> for you or for us as parents. <laughs> Claire, you're going to be fine. <laughs> the Center for Parenting fine. Education says, I mean, I think we kind of all know this, but because I thought to myself, how young should we be starting? My kid's five. We don't have a routine, a tour routine. He does help. He's a good helper, but we don't have like a routine. So the mm-hmm. Center for Parenting Education says mm-hmm. that research indicates those children who do have a set of chores have higher self-esteem, are more responsible, and are better able to deal with frustration and delay gratification, Oh, all of which contribute to greater success Ooh. in school, not just in life. Well, that explains a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> exactly. Well, here's part two, which says furthermore, as the opener to it, but what it should say is, also regarding Blair Brooks, involving children in household tasks <laughs> at an early age can have a positive impact later in life. The best predictor of young adult success in their mid-20s was that they participated in household tasks when they were three or four. Isn't that wild? Oh, no. I got to do this over. Back to 1980, I go. Where's my DeLorean? I got to do this again. I feel like there are some things in my life that I would <laughs> kill for a DeLorean to go back. Back, back to the future. Mm. Oh, for sure. And then the spruce.com, which is, I really like that website. They say even younger. They say ages two to three. Dang. Although chores may only be completed with your help each step of the way, you are creating positive habits for children to find chores and helping others a way of life. That was the biggest eye opener for me. Oh, there it is. Yeah. It isn't just like teach them to keep a nice house. It's also like, (laughs) you know, you're going to helping others make it a way of life. They're going to Mm -hmm. get the confidence that they're going to carry over into the rest of their life, into their schoolwork. Holy bananas. Mm -hmm. Who knew? Not me. Holy bananas. Not me, obviously. Gosh. I know. Well, we did. Oh, like I was saying, so we definitely did chores when I was younger. Yeah. I think we did have an allowance we'll get into later in the show about whether allowance will work for your family. Mm-hmm. Our allowance was $1. I remember when it was $1 when I was a little kid, and then it, I remember we got a raise to $1.25. Wait, how little did you start chores? I was probably seven. I'm sure I helped out before okay. then, but I remember doing chores at seven. Right. But here's the thing. I don't remember it being a daily chores type of thing other than setting the table. My sister and I, we were always involved with, because dinner was very, like, we just ate dinner at home. It wasn't the takeout culture that we have now. Yeah, right. And not that everybody has it, but I feel like, in general, we all kind of get takeout a little more than we did. Yeah, uh, yeah, we did. Cough, cough, years ago. (laughs) So, yeah, so that was definitely part of the routine. I remember, like, being the person who put the silverware out. You know, not even, like, napkins or plates or (laughs) anything high rent. (laughs) Silverware. They were like, let's just give Molly the silverware. Maybe not the knives. (laughs) She's a bit of a live wire. But yeah, I do remember that. And I remember like, oh, and we absolutely had to bring our plates to the counter, which my son does do. My five-year-old does do. Okay. 
Except for when he's bananas and runs away before I can corral him. But usually he's pretty good about it. So there were little things. But then on Saturdays is when we did our chores. That was chore day. Saturday morning, everybody woke up. And that was it. What did you have to do? Well, I believe we stripped our own beds and threw those into... Yeah, we just took the sheets off and then my mom did all the laundry. I did learn how to do laundry. What? You were living that hard knock life, huh? (laughs) We took the tattered sheets from our bunk. And Mr. Livery, the laundry man, rolled the laundry bag through and we threw it in while singing jaunty (laughs) tunes. No, we just like stripped the beds. My mom did the laundry, but I learned how to do laundry when I was around 10, I would say. Maybe even a little younger. So I did laundry. I knew how to do laundry, but I didn't have to do everybody else's. I remember doing my own laundry Mm, mm. when I started around 10. Yeah. I think she was like, okay, my job here is done. That's so smart. So you just like, this is actually quite fascinating to me. I feel like I've been beamed down from a different planet because I remember kids like in my class had to do chores like my friends, like they had to do chores. And it was always so foreign to me because like, oh, my mom handles all that. But the idea of you 10 years old, like separating, sorting your own laundry and like moving it from the washer to the dryer is completely fascinating to me. Yeah. But it was just like a way of life for you. Yeah, totally. (laughs) You're like, yes, Blair. (laughs) No judgment. Yes, dummy. No, because also it would have... Sure. I mean, it would have been great to have somebody else. (laughs) And also my mom (laughs) did it a lot. Like, it was almost like I think she just wanted to make sure... Like, I remember learning how to iron cloth handkerchiefs. Okay. That I did. I did iron. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I think it was that kind of thing where like, I don't remember it being like, dun, 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 every Saturday. (laughs) It was more like in the morning, we stripped our beds, we put all our clothes away. I remember learning how to do laundry, but I feel like my mom still did it a lot of the time. So I think it was more that kind of thing where like she was slowly helping us to build the skills that we would need totally later on, but it wasn't like, you know, a hard line in any way. Isn't your mom a therapist? You know, she has a degree in psychology. She's a retired now. She's a retired medical librarian. Either way, she's smart. She knew the way. (laughs) (laughs) She also came. She's the oldest of eight kids. Oh, okay. She was like, yeah, if I had to do it, y'all gonna do it. Yes. So she's the oldest of eight. So I think she's always been a responsible caretaker in a lot of ways, you know, like because she had to be. She grew up on a farm. Oh, okay. And she also saw kids do manual labor. So it wasn't anything new. Yeah. My husband's the same way. He's one of five. And he like, he's so responsible. You know, he like does so many things. And I'm like, where did you learn that? He was like, I grew up in a household of five kids. But I was like, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. It was too crazy. Like you have to pitch in. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <sighs> so yeah, my mom was the same way. And she used to tell us really fascinating stories. You know what we should do is we should have her on the pod. We should. We should have our moms on the pod. Oh, my gosh. So she grew up the oldest of eight in a family, you know, who lived on a farm and didn't have a lot of money. So she would talk about how I'm trying to remember exactly how she said it. So if you sat, I believe it was the seat next to my grandmother, Vera, then your milk was still whole milk. Because as the milk bottle went around the table, they had to add a little bit of water. Water. (laughs) Good God. So by the end, if you were the last kid, then you got essentially (laughs) skim milk. Which was fine <laughs> because skim milk is good for you. But, but on a farm, you need all the fat to get on your bones that you can, right? I was about to say, diphtheria was probably in your future. Did you not have sort of like 
unnamed assigned seats at your dinner table when you were young? No, because I was by myself. Your brother was gone. So we moved to Germany when I was four. And we stayed there till I was about 12 and a half. And we moved every two to three years because my dad was in the military. So it was like, it wasn't chaotic, but it was just like, that was part of my non-routine life, right? So... As soon as we moved there, my brother ended up going to college. So I was by myself. We were constantly kind of on the move. And it was like lots of pressure in the military community for moms, for women to have it together and have a home and have it nice, have it look nice. Because there's always like a PTA or a WAG. I remember that that was the name of the group, WAG, Women's Association Group. I don't know, something like that. There were all these like women's groups and everybody was coming over to everybody's house all the time, right? So it was like, yeah, I think that there was just a lot of pressure for these women to like have it together that I think that my mom was like, I got to do this. You do what you need to do, but this is what I got to do so that I can maintain and uphold. You know, it's just that kind of thing. I do understand that, though. And here I am years later. I don't know how to, you know, sort laundry. (laughs) There is a sort of I'm a little bit jealous of that, though, because there is a sort of a freedom in that, too, (laughs) for you. Right. Like if you don't feel the yoke of because I'm a no neat freak. I mean, in my college roommate, Aaron Abrams, shout out, Aaron. Oh my God, wait, do we both have college roommates named Erin? Yes, we do. Where's she from? She's from Fairlawn, New Jersey. She's still one of my best friends in the world. She's the best. Aw. She can attest to the fact that I was a real messy roommate. I'm a messy person by nature. But talking into what your mom did, my house is never cleaner than when we're having company. Like, that's it. Yeah. You know, it kind of has to be. There is that... I don't know if it's, you know, I hate to say it's just a female thing. I think it's, you know, many people of different genders may feel the same way of like that societal pressure of. Yeah, it's that gender norm BS. BS, yeah. So when we get back, we will talk more about what are some age specific chores that we can focus on for our kids. For toddler purgatory, it's kids under six. So we'll be focusing on that and how we can build sort of, I don't want to say the intensity, don't be intense about your chores, but build the difficulty (laughs) and the tasks that we assign to our kids as they get older and as they're really building that foundation for these habits in their life when we get back. Stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory, where we're talking about chores and whether or not they're good to do, what to do, how to do them, where to start, when to start, when to start, and how to keep going throughout their whole entire lives so they get to college and they don't seem like worthless, helpless human beings. (laughs) Hashtag not me. And now in the thing that I think will help us, especially with the younger kids, trying to get them to help out with tasks, is remembering the big picture of this. And this is sort of like our vacations episode where they are learning how to vacation when they're young, like don't shy away from vacations when they're young just because you think they won't remember it or whatever. They're learning how to travel and the flexibility with travel. And this is similar. One of the reminders I read said, the size of the task does not matter. The responsibility associated with it does. This is opening my eyes. Yeah. This is op- what you just said. I just have to like make a jump in right here. Sure. Because I've always been like, we travel. We're going to be a traveling. Th- Why? Because I grew up traveling and it was so essential to my everything, to my entire being, to who I am to this day. And I never thought that chores, I thought they were chores, right? Chores, ill. Like Little House on the Prairie. You thought of them as like, yes, like those poor kids. And now I'm like, that was like an Oprah aha moment. Holy cow. I never thought of it that way. I'm making a chore chart tonight. I know. I need to get on it too. We both have five-year-olds and you have a two-year-old. So at least you haven't missed the boat on her. Oh, let me tell you, she's going to start embroidering, hemming. She's going to do, I mean, we're going to town. I love it. I, you know, I've always wanted to get into <laughs> mending. I bought a mending book and everything, but I just, I got to get into it. Anywho, so let's start with ages two to three, because before age two, you're not going to get much help in the chore department <laughs> as much as we would love it. Uh. So ages two to three, here's the thing. They naturally want to help. Like, Mama, I help you, you know, that kind of thing. And so often we kind of go, oh, you know, you feel that clench on your heart of like, oh, no, this is going to make whatever I'm doing take longer. Yes. We got to just say okay to that. We got to just say like, okay, it's going to be longer. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, because I am teaching them how to be good helpers in life, right? Mm -hmm. Or just do it messily, sloppily, and then just come back to it. Yeah. 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 Let them do it. And also it's about the task as far as them being able to handle it. Right. Right. So probably, you know, dusting the China, not a great idea for those two to three year olds. (laughs) Don't do it. The Spruce suggest a few things. They say, oh, first of all, they say that visual rewards do work well at this age. Oh, okay. You nailed it, Blair. Stickers on the chore chart. Give him a chore chart. So, and that will be enough of a reward. Again, we'll talk about allowances later for slightly older kids. Two to three-year-olds don't know the difference between a penny and a quarter because they're dumb. So They're so stupid. (laughs) So once they do a simple chore, you give them a small sticker, you know, from Amazon. You get by a thousand stickers or whatever. And them getting to feel the stickiness and put it on the chart is such a reward. That's play to them. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Agreed. So that's why visual rewards like stickers work well. So this is a great time to initiate a chore chart. There are approximately one zillion printouts of chore charts you can get online. (laughs) There's so many good ones. Pick the one that's right for you. Uh, So here's a few suggestions from the Spruce. Help make the bed. 
Love that. Easy. Especially because I don't know about your kid, but my kid's bed is literally a quilt that his grandma made him and a sheet, a fitted sheet in his pillow, which he throws on the floor every night before he goes to bed anyway. So making the bed is literally like, boop. Helping to pick up toys and books. Oof, I should have started that earlier and I need to get in with that. Yeah, mine don't either. It's all threats. It's now it's all threats. Yes, as opposed to positive. Exactly. Pick it up or, oh, you want to watch TV? Well, you're not going to unless all these toys get picked up. Right. And how can we, do I come into your room and throw stuff everywhere? Do I? Sometimes. No, I don't. Sometimes. (laughs) But you know what I do? I pick it up. Eventually. But here's the thing. That's a great example, Blair. I mean, the exact same way. So how can we turn that around and reframe it? Rather than assuming that TV is in their future, mm-hmm. we have to set TV up as a reward. Mm-hmm. So set TV up as, you know, oh, kids who clean up the living room get to watch 15 minutes of TV. They don't clean up the living room? Okay. No TV. I mean, no that TV. just is what it is, you know? And then walk away. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's very hard, though. <laughs> It's extremely hard. It's hard. And I think that's why I also I have fought like the idea of doing chores because I've always thought of them as like laborious. Sure. And they are. And like, yeah. And I don't want to add. I don't want to add to my stress. I know. I don't want to add to it. I'll just pick up the books myself. And it's faster, isn't it? That's what I always say. It'll just be quicker if I blank. It will be quicker. And my husband does the same thing, too. And I'm always, it's funny because I'm always like, can you ask them for help? They need to help you out. And he's like, if I just do this, I can get to dinner faster. Yep. You're actually right. But I know we got to build these. We're raising these humans that we have to be. (laughs) Exactly. So ages two to three, keep it simple. So you have a chance, Blair, (laughs) with your two year old (laughs) to start getting whatever that is, whether it's part of the chore chart, whether it's part of your daily routine at 2 p.m., whatever. Start doing, hey, you know. Oh, this is the time when we put our laundry in the hamper or this is the time you don't have any pets. But another suggestion they say is that they can help feed pets because feeding pets is so easy. It's like a scoop in a that's like tactile play to them. That's sensory play. So like for them to be able to take a scoop and taking care of something. Oh, and taking care of another living being. It's so awesome. Taking, Yeah. So then my son is five. But I did one of these things on this list the other day for ages two to three, just because I thought it was so cute. They can help you dust with socks on their hands. How cute is that? Oh, oh, wait a minute. Okay, that's smart and fun. So wicked smart, super fun. So he was having fun. I got too crazy about it because I was like, okay, well, don't forget the corners or whatever. Because I'm like, you have socks on your hands so you, and you have tiny fingers. So I essentially put them to work like child labor. I was like, okay, but also you can get the spots I can't get. Get those baseboards. Get those baseboards. Get into the vents. Get into the vents. And he essentially was like, I hate this. And like took them off because I messed it up. Also, frankly, he I do think it's more appropriate for ages two to three. So get those cute socks like those. Got it. Yeah. You know, those soft spa socks or an old pair of socks. Mm-hmm. Give them to them and they can do it. Put on some music. Do the dust sock dance or whatever. Like just have fun with it. And then at the end, oh my gosh, positive reinforcement. Look at the job you did. What a great job. I can't wait to do this next week with you. Look at the job you did. Yeah, so sweet. It's so sweet. Might I suggest the music that you play is Hard Knock Life, but 1998 Jay-Z version. Oh. <laughs> Off of the Blueprint album. You're welcome. Moving along. That is a such a good idea. Hey, so age four to five. So this is where our older kids are. So this is a little bit older. Now they can be motivated by rewards. Putting a sticker on a chart may be a little young for them. So they may be motivated by rewards. You can 
think about introducing an allowance if that works for your family. So again, I got a dollar, a dollar twenty-five. I remember when I had saved enough, I had saved like seven dollars and change. And I remember counting those bills out one by one on the counter. Like I remember it to this day. I can remember it vividly in my mind. And just like a miser, just like, like just counting my dollars. And my parents were like, I don't think I have $7.18 or whatever, however much it was. Oh, yeah. Playing that game, building that up. (laughs) But I remember that and that sense of pride of like, I saved my money for six weeks or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, isn't that funny? And then this was back when there was penny candy. So some weeks we did actually go to the store and get some penny candy, which was so fun. Oh, yes. You know, like squirrel nut zippers or whatever, the stuff that'll get in your teeth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For the rest of your life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wait, oh, you call them squirrel nuts. We call them, are they the same thing as circus peanuts? Oh, no, circus peanuts are those orange foamy ones. Yeah, that are delicious. (laughs) Every kid has like the thing that was like, will we have teeth when we're old? No. Was it worth it? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. 100%. And then here's the other choice. Have the child help choose the reward. Mm. Love this. Grab bag or a special privilege. Mm. Maybe it's that kind of thing. Maybe we go to the skate park today. Maybe whatever. Yeah, something, an outing. Yeah, and that's a great reward. And help them have them help you choose it so they feel responsibility and ownership over that, which is so exciting to them. Some quick ideas for ages four to five-year-olds. And here's, this is what I started remembering about chores. Clearing and setting the table, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Actual dusting, they love spraying. My son loves to spray the cleaning stuff before he wipes everything <laughs> down. Like, that's part of it. So, like, it can be fun. Play music. They can start helping out with cooking and preparing food, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Why does he always mm-hmm. want to use the sharp knives on raw carrots? Always. 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 And I was like, oh, what a coincidence. Those carrots are the exact shape and size as your fingers. (laughs) Don't do it. That's actually, you know what? That's a hard no for me. And I tell you why. Because A, I'm always in a hurry Mm. to finish up dinner. And I am a little bit of a control freak in the kitchen. And I don't like, I don't want help. The kitchen is like my spot. That's interesting. I wonder if you could introduce them to participation in the kitchen in other ways or at other times, like schedule. Like cleaning up? Yeah, but also like scheduling <laughs> special sessions, like maybe when you guys have company coming over or your husband's coming home from something, you can say, oh, let's do ants on a log. Do you know ants on a log? That's like celery. <laughs> Heck yeah. And peanut butter and raisins? Come on now. Or cream cheese and raisins. But I prefer the peanut butter. But cream cheese is lovely. It's so creamy. Anyway, but you could do something like that where they start to get... So then it doesn't feel like it's taking away from your me time in the kitchen preparing dinner and stuff. But it... Okay, yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to teach them how to do charcuterie boards. And that's what they can do. There we go. Give me those meat and cheese boards. Come on. Throw some crackers on there. Yeah, they can help out with that stuff with safety knives and that kind of thing. And then the other suggestion, which I love, is carrying and putting away groceries. Mm -hmm. I love that. Because then they see where everything goes. They're touching the food. It's a part of their life. They see what it looks like before it comes out on the dinner table. I think that's really good, too, for their development. And they get to see. I actually went to Trader Joe's yesterday. And my five-year-old, he was like, oh, mommy, what'd you get? So he was actually, he's like, I'll help you. And I was like, what, what? But it was really, he just wanted to see, actually seeing what was coming out of the bag. Oh, yeah. Really, like, and I was like, oh, okay. So everything that he was like, oh, you got apples? I love apples. I was like, I love that you're helping me right now. 
Oh, yeah. So that's a good one. God, there's so much good in it for everybody. I love that. Yeah. Oh. And then as they get older, they start being motivated by wanting to be independent. So the spruce says they can do stuff like really taking care of the pets, vacuuming and mopping. And this is, you know, after age six or so you can add in more because then they're really able to be independent thinkers. So and then that's when your allowance can increase or whether you do privileges or grab bag or that kind of thing can grow as they do. Oh, I have so many ideas. I really have to get chores going. Oh, me too. I got to get it going. And now that I get it, get it. Yeah. You know, like now that I get it, get it. Like what it's actually doing. It's not just like grunt work. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like boo. Well, that's another thing I saw is modeling. When you model positive chore behaviors and even your behavior while doing chores, like this isn't a slog. This can be fun. This is essential to helping our family work. This is what makes our home work. You know, the kids will see that. But you may still get some, a little bit of a chore resistance. And when we come back after this break, we're going to talk about ways to deal with that after this. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking about chores, the when, the where, the how, the why. And now we have decided chores are good for everybody, y'all. Everyone. For everyone. So what do we do first? We want to set them up for success, right? Even if you're starting it with them at age two or like me and Blair at age five. Whoopsie. (laughs) Yeah, it's like he's a great helper, but I really want to get this routine going. Yeah. So, you know, we've already mentioned how you need to model good behavior, right? (laughs) Good chore behavior. So the Center for Parenting Education says, be convinced of the importance of chores in developing your children's character. If you firmly believe in their value, you will communicate this message to your children and you will be less likely to give in to their delay tactics or resistance. (gasps) Oh, that is so true. 
That's so true. Listen, I'd be more of a firm believer in their value if he could make me a daiquiri oat milk latte <laughs> in the morning. Oops. <laughs> I went to booze. You're like, daiquiri? That too. Whip up a Mai Tai? If he could learn the entire uh, bar encyclopedia. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> Mixology encyclopedia. Listen, your value will go way up, kid. I'll do anything for you. Can I just tell you one quick sidebar? When I was a kid, we had, my aunt was our babysitter during the summers. She was an awesome yes. babysitter. And we would do, she would do activities like we'd make gigantic signs. Welcome home. It was like a Tuesday in July. <laughs> Welcome home, mom and dad, which we would like draw out the letters and cut them out of paper bags. Remember paper bags used to cover your books and stuff? Oh, totally. And then we would glue them on computer. Computer, that old school computer paper that came out all in one sheet with the perforations. Yep. Hang them up. Exactly. So we would hang those up. She was super fun. And my mom and dad, when they came home, they would have a cocktail. They would have gin and tonic. And at some point, either my mom or dad taught me how to make a gin and tonic. <laughs> yeah. And I knew it was three fingers of one of them. Yeah. Like when you're holding the glass up and then you fill it up the rest of the way with the other one. So you know what I did. Three fingers of tonic, fill it up with gin. Fill it up with gin. Night now, mama, dada. I wasn't that young. I think I was probably, I, we moved when I was 11 and this was in my old house. So I must've been nine or 10. And I just wanted to be helpful and I wanted to be part of the team. And I made them drinks and I will never forget their faces when they took that sip. It was like cartoon. It was like <laughs> Jim Carrey in the mask when his tongue and like his eyeballs go wauga and his tongue rolls out on the table when he sees Cameron Diaz. It was like that. They were like, Aruga, Aruga. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? And they were like, tell us how you made it. <laughs> and I showed them and they died. They were like, okay, next time this is how it goes. And also, you maybe shouldn't be making cocktails. That too, that little subtext. Another way to get the kids you know, involved in this, as we have talked about on so many of these apps, is involving our kids makes them have a sense of responsibility. You might have a family meeting to check in with them about responsibility and teamwork. It's great for morale. Now, Blair, let me tell you something. This was very helpful to me. There can be a natural shift in chores, which you and I need to take advantage of to get them going on this routine. Yeah, also, okay. to be leveling up to like the next level of chores as your kid's getting older. So you can acknowledge sort of like natural times to do that. One might be their birthday. Oh, mm-hmm. right. And <laughs> it's I, like, here's your cake. Here's a new chore. Yes. Well, you know, the funny <laughs> thing is one time on somebody's blog, maybe Busy Toddler, I can't remember, they said... Or, oh no, maybe it was somebody writing in on what Fresh Hell Facebook page. They said that on their kids' birthdays, they get two things. They get an added chore and an added privilege. Oh! Yes, you balance it. They do get an added responsibility or chore, but they also get an added privilege. I love oh, that. I love that. Yeah. Happy birthday. Oh my. Listen, happy birthday. You're welcome. I'm giving you these life skills. Yes. <laughs> Packaged up with a bow. Yeah. Another one is beginnings or ends of school years or returns from vacation. So let me tell you, you know, I'm in Brooklyn right now. And when we get back from this trip, I think will be a great time to get into a new routine for chores. Totally. Oh, yes. I feel like we need a, like a follow up to this to see how our chores are going. That's a great idea. Let's yeah, We'll bounce back to this later this year. Yeah. That's a great idea. Chores part two. I love it. But listen, even with family meetings and a positive attitude, your kids are not going to want to do chores sometimes. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. We make it sound so easy. In fact, I know a lot of you have been listening up to this point about to like shut it off. Be like, yeah, no, uh-uh. My kid ain't doing that. Listen, we're with you. <laughs> we're with you. <laughs> we know. So some common responses you might get are like, mommy, I don't want to. 
fair response, in my opinion. <laughs> yep. 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 I feel you, kid. There's a great blog called The No Guilt Mom, and she has a blog called Get Kids to Do Chores Five Ways in Case They, you know, refuse or whatever. The first thing you got to do is be consistent and calm in your reaction. So first thing you do is empathize. She said, in a caring tone of voice, which you honestly might have to fake. (laughs) (laughs) She ain't wrong. She's not wrong. She said, say something like, I know that you would rather be playing with your dolls or riding around on your car. Like, I see. I hear you. I hear you. Your kids need to know that you care about them and can see the situation from their point of view. So be careful because if it sounds fake, it won't work. They are on to (laughs) you. That's so true, isn't it? They are kidipulators. Kidipulators. Mekidulators. That doesn't make as much sense. (laughs) And then she says, add the but along with the exact reason. Be truthful about the reason why the chore needs to be done. Mm -hmm. But you really need to do your laundry or else you won't have any clean clothes for tomorrow. Oh, that's on you, kid. That's on you. You just hand that right to them. Yes. The real honest reason. I love that. But look how hungry the dog is. She (laughs) needs to eat, right? (laughs) That we also know where else that can go. Oh, you don't want to feed the dog? I hear you. But if you don't, dog's gonna die. R.I.P. Fluffy. Oh my gosh. And then you find, so there's three steps. First, empathize with heart. (laughs) Then add the but (laughs) along with the exact reason. So be factual. And the final step is to follow with your exact request. Please go start the washer. Oof. Please feed the dog, etc. If the child argues further, repeat your exact request again and again and again. Don't change it and keep a calm tone of voice. Know that they can't break you down. What? They can't break you down. You're not going to break me down. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Not you. Oh, no. You are are two years old. (laughs) Speaking of two-year-olds, the no-guilt mom says, look, you may need to let it go. (laughs) This works with kids who you actually have conversations with. Two-year-olds, she says... Try get at eye level and offer to start it with them. That usually works. And if that doesn't work, sometimes the fight just isn't worth it. Let it go. Yes. <laughs> and the last question that she says that may come up, you know, FAQs, frequently asked questions might be, why? <laughs> the kid just simply says, why? Why do I need to do why? chores? Why? Why? Like such a teenager. My son is such, I don't know. I, I don't think we had a word for five-year-olds, but he's a f- five-fager. Like he's such a teenager. It's pretty wild. Pretty wild. And then again, approach this with truthfulness. Tell them the real reason why the chore has to be done. If they keep repeating why, repeat your reason and don't think of a new one. Don't put that on yourself to keep coming up with new reasons. Right. There's a reason and this is it. If this doesn't work, she says, this is the no guilt mom. Stop talking and give them the, I'm your parent. And if you know what's good for you, go do it. Glare. Don't say that, but communicate that through (laughs) your eyeballs. Get it scary enough and it will work every time. That's old school, right? (laughs) It's true. That's old school. And listen. Yep. It worked for us. But I knew if PHB, Peggy Hardaway Brooks, yep. gave me that look, I knew. Okay. And it worked at a young age, too. Yes. You know when your parent was serious, for sure. My son has a lot of sass, but if I'm at the brink, he, he kind of gets it. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's that look. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go ahead and just adjust my being. Yeah. We'll get back to it. But just right now, I need to. Yeah. Right now, I'd prefer to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, it sounds to me like, Blair, what you and I are challenged. We have our five-year-olds. You also have a two-year-old is you can zero in on what's going to work for your two-year-old, which probably is going to be different than what works for your five-year-old. For it, sure. What are you thinking about allowance? Or is that going to be too hard to do with one and not the other? Like, are you going to do privileges for your five-year-old or 
You know what? I'm going to come through here. Molly and I took a little break and I talked to my therapist. <laughs> I had a little therapy sesh. I mentioned this to her because she has three kids. And I was like, Doc, what up? And she said, when it comes to what the reward is, give them the options and have them choose what they want. That's good. Right? So not just like they get to choose every time something different. Just like if it's a privilege, if it's money, if it's an outing, like that's your thing. Like you get to go to Legoland or, you know, or whatever. That's or, a good one. Know, Ooh, that's a good Not one. Legoland. There's like a Legoland in like the mall. Oh, sure. Like a play space. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Not Lego Legoland. That's like. I was like, let me know when you're going. We'll meet you there. Yeah. You got to like do some carpet cleaning for that. (laughs) (laughs) You got to power wash the house for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Please come to my house and do it. But that's great. And I love that she said that because it's just like what we were talking about. If you involve your kids in the choices about what they're doing, how they get rewarded, the family meetings to touch base, talking about why we work together to do this, they will feel much more invested in it yes. and feel a part of the team and feel a part of the household and, and feel like they have a little bit of control. And there it is. What if in all of this mm-hmm. that we give them that sense of control and this could be a game changer as far as tantrums go, as far as like communication goes with what we're doing with them? Well, you know, I think it's going to be incremental, but I do think that it can be something where like, Suddenly, we're having better, you know, household morale, frankly, if they feel a sense of responsibility and a sense of teamwork. Like, oh, it isn't just mom and dad's responsibility to make sure that there are no Legos all over the floor on which we will step and fall and break our necks. (laughs) It's mine, too. It's whatever. It's because that's my 6 p.m. thing. And for Mm -hmm. that, if I do that, I'll get a sticker every day. And at the end of the week, I get to go to the play space or whatever. Yeah, whatever you choose. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think it is going to be incremental. So why don't we come back to this on a future episode and we'll let you guys know how we did. I think so. Okay. I mean, like cross your fingers for me because my routine game is biased. That's all right. This is an opportunity. So we're going to go into it with a positive attitude because our kids see that and sense that. So if you have a lousy attitude about chores, so will they. That will be broadcast to them. We're going to start small, right? Mm -hmm. Especially with the Mm two-year-old. Start Mm -hmm. simple cute little fun things that they can do here and there that are within their skill set. And then we can increase that as we go. Don't overload it. Yep. Yourself or them. And we're going to keep our calmness and patience and know that we are building the building blocks for them to be more responsible human beings in the future. And we're still in charge. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We're giving them some control, but like, let's not get crazy. (laughs) Let's not get nuts. Hooray. Blair, thank you. Solved it. Solved it. Wait, this was super helpful. I wouldn't have known where to start. So my like it has changed my whole perspective, my mind blown open. Great. And I'm ready to do this. All right. So we'll come back to you guys in a few months and let you know how it's going. We're going to layer in these chores, age appropriate chores, have the best attitude we can know that we're having the building blocks for these kids to become responsible humans Humans. in the future. Yes. Right. Hey, you all, listen, like, subscribe, and follow to anywhere you listen to podcasts to Toddler Purgatory. And you can also listen to every episode on ToddlerPurgatory.com. Yes! Yes. Do that, too. Catch on up. We love having you. See you next time. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. 
But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.